Welcome to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Another busy day, another uh, another show where we're probably going to spend a lot of time talking about UK basketball recruiting. Because like I said yesterday, this 2015 class is just never going to end, although a big target off the board today. Later on in the second segment, we will have Rob Doster of NBC Sports on because it's Tuesday and that's what we do on Tuesdays. I'm sure we'll talk some college basketball, maybe also talk some entertainment like we always end up doing with Rob. And then there is some Calipari to the NBA rumors. We'll talk about that. We'll we'll preview the NBA playoffs. There's plenty more to talk about the NBA lottery. We did the we did the test lottery last night. We may have to do it again today, Trevor, just for the official one since it's lottery day. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Trevor, how are you? I'm excellent, TJ. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm busy. I, I, I've been since I'm going on vacation next week. I'm trying to get as many stories in this week as possible. So. Uh, so maybe Brett, my boss and editor, Brett Dawson, CatsIllustrated.com, hopefully he'll use some of those stories for next week so the the, the website doesn't go completely uh, blank on college basketball stories. So I'm, I'm kind of working overtime. Um, also, you had guys to- kept you busy today with a couple uh, new name popping into the recruiting circle, uh, one name exiting the recruiting circle, and then let's not forget, as you mentioned in your uh, preview, there's always the love of the Calipari rumors. It was, and that one was, well, I guess we'll dive right in there. And that one was funny to me because I they tweeted out that story. And I don't remember who the first person I saw on my timeline that tweeted out. Maybe it was Dan Wolken who was the first person that tweeted out that story from uh, the New Orleans paper and the New Orleans, I guess maybe the Pelicans beat writer. And, and I read it, I was reading the article thinking that towards the top of the story, maybe the opening paragraph uh, the lead was going to have John Calipari interested in the Pelicans. I kept going. They're, they told me that, uh, or the article told me that they were looking at this guy and this guy, and I think the Golden State assistant, Trevor, was the leading candidate. They go on to name all these other candidates and what they've done. And then the second to last paragraph, it says, sources tell me that John Calipari also interested in coaching the Pelicans after signing, despite signing a new a new deal with Kentucky worth this amount of money, this and that. Uh, although he signed that contract, he's still interested in the job, although it's unclear if New Orleans would be able to uh, match that contract or pay him more. And then the very last paragraph said, Sean Miller is also a candidate, although Arizona has said that no, that the Pelicans haven't contacted him for a job. So it was the last two paragraphs where it mentioned John Calipari and then the last paragraph mentioned Sean Miller. So as soon as I read that, Trevor, I went, I, I, I thought to myself things that I can't say on the radio, one of which was uh, BS. For I, I'm not saying that this guy didn't hear somewhere that John Calipari was interested in the Pelicans, but he probably needs to double-check his source on how credible that is and whether that should go into a real news article uh, because how would a guy in New Orleans have better sources to John Calipari than the hundreds of people that cover UK athletics here in Kentucky, in Louisville, and Lexington? Uh, there's no way that he heard through has a better source close to John Calipari. Now, maybe he has a source close to the Pelicans, 
and he asked them, "Hey, is John Cal- John Calipari a potential candidate?" And and they, the people in the front office of the in New Orleans, said, "Well, yeah, he coached Anthony Davis and uh, Tyreek Evans, so he he would be he would be somebody that they would be interested in." But no way did did this random news reporter talk to a source close to John Calipari that that said, "Yes, John Calipari is interested." Uh, John Calipari wasted absolutely no time, Trevor, tweeting something out saying, though, even though Anthony, Anthony Davis, and Tyreek, Tyreek Evans, are in New Orleans, I have no interest in the Pelicans or any other job. I have a great job, and I'm happy at UK. Uh, So this is an annual tradition, Trevor. Every year we hear about John Calipari uh, potentially going to the NBA some years it gets a little more in depth and and a bit juicier than other years. Last year, I think, was the juiciest of them all. But uh, this year, I don't think you're going to see that. Although they tried to start it, they tried to start the fire. And, and credit to John Calipari for instantly shutting this down. And do you know the reason why he instantly shut it down, Trevor? I'm assuming people panicking in some way. I mean, I'll let you tell me, then I'll give you my two cents. Well. The reason he did it right away is because you have five-star guard Jamal Murray currently in Lexington for an official visit, potentially just getting done talking to John Calipari. The the official visit likely to go later into today and maybe even into tomorrow before he heads back to Canada. And while he is there, he might have literally just got out of a meeting with John Calipari. He might have literally just finished taking a tour of some of the facilities with John Calipari. So... Calipari wasted absolutely no time, none, tweeting that out because, you know, an opposing coach could potentially text Jamal Murray and say, hey, I know you're visiting Kentucky, hope you're having a good time, this and that, Uh, but there's reports that he could possibly be going to New Orleans. Uh, It might be something you want to look out for when deciding your college. So while he was on campus, John Calipari wanted to end all the rumors publicly because you know that he likely said that to Murray, anyways, he, he said, if you come to Kentucky, I will be the coach next year, without a doubt. If you don't come to Kentucky, I'm still going to be the coach next year. I can't help these rumors, this and that. So he put that to bed quickly as he possibly could. And that makes complete sense. His tweet to me was kind of a fluff tweet, though. I mean, it, it, it was a, a PR tweet that says, I'm not doing anything. But just because you have interest doesn't mean you're going to take the job. I don't think there's any reason to deny that you wouldn't be interested in the Pelicans job, but it doesn't mean you're going to take it. I'm sure it's interest in several NBA jobs, but it doesn't mean he's going to actually accept it. And Brun DMC texted in something similar to what you're saying, Trevor. As always, you can text in the show at T Walker Rivals. Uh, he said to play devil's advocate, Cal did say he wasn't going anywhere before he left Memphis for Lexington. Exactly. And, and we've talked about this every offseason. Of course, I don't expect Calipari to say. Yes, I'm interested in other jobs. I'm going to consider maybe taking them. You guys will just have to wait and see. Could you imagine uh, the Twitter blow up that if he tweeted that? So yeah, I'm going down to New Orleans interview. I'm I'm on the fence about this. I'll let you know. It would be uh, that would be unbelievable. Uh, but that's pretty much what Greg Marshall said. Greg Marshall said that he's going to listen to other schools and other offers. And yeah, Greg Marshall coaches at Wichita State, not Kentucky. There's a I'm not comparing the two. I understand why John Calipari does what he does. But we, if you remember. We haven't always had these type of tweets or statements from John Calipari. And this marks two now that he said something along these lines. I, I think the other one might have been on his website shortly after the season ended. 
where he said he could make a bigger difference coaching in the NCAA than he could in the NBA, and he, he had no interest in going to the NBA. Uh, and then he gives out this tweet today. This isn't the norm, Trevor. It's not every year that John Calipari definitively says that he is not leaving. It's also the first time in five years he's not gotten every recruit he actually wanted to. Well, what does that have to do? First well, off, got, it, that's, it, first it, off, that's not true. He misses on recruits every single year. I can name them for you if you'd like. But he has he he's missed on more this year than he has in the past. In the past years, at least, and maybe unless you count the Shabazz Muhammad year where they didn't have the number one class. He's been comfortable with his recruiting class not having to, I don't want to say desperate to grab another body, but needing another body this late into the recruiting cycle. And So what does, that, what does that have to do with anything? He's still actually recruiting. He needs to make sure these kids know. He doesn't have these kids locked up. He doesn't need, There's no reason to go uh, on, on okay. Twitter and be like, oh, rest assured, okay. I'm not leaving. Okay, I missed, I missed your angle there, and you're right, <laughs> so I apologize. For that's being, all right. I'm, for I, being I can be confusing. Uh, I, understand, I understand what you're saying, too. And, you, you're, you know, that's par- probably right, too. But on the flip side, maybe he maybe he's more secure with his position and where he's at and where he wants to go in his career now than he was three years ago, four years ago, or hell, even last year. Maybe he knows that this is what he wants to do. He's not interested in the NBA, so he can quickly dismiss all these rumors as quickly as they come up. And that's that, another that's yeah. another that's another option. But I, and I, I think that I think it's partially both. I think obviously with Jamal Murray being on campus, and we're going to talk more how, about how significant that is for UK here in a little bit. But with him being on campus, he couldn't waste any time doing this. But I also do believe that there is a sense that he he's content being the UK coach. Um, years past, I think he he thought to himself, "Wow, if I want to be at UK this long and have these expectations every year, I'm going to die of stress." And then sure enough. He probably woke up uh, a week after the season ended, two weeks after the season ended, and, and thought to himself, I've been here six years, and, and he's still surviving. The expectations are still crazy. UK fans are still nuts, but he's still trucking through. So maybe that was a realization to him that, hey, I can do this for another five to six to seven years, however much longer I want to coach, continue to just get uh, extension after extension, raise after raise, make unbelievable money here at Kentucky, and then ride off into the sunset and make sure my kids' kids never have to work again. I think it's a little bit of both. And that was a good point, Trevor, that this year he is recruited in some in some recruiting battles uh, later into May and, and later into the season that he, he normally isn't in. And really, I do think it comes down really just to Jamal Murray or Buss in terms of who else Kentucky adds. And if it wants to make you feel a little better and warm and cozy, if he's getting a $1.6 million bonus on July 1st, he's not leaving before July 1st. That's true. He, uh, he that, might leave afterwards, but he sure is not leaving before he gets $1.6 million extra. <laughs> and this isn't me saying that John Calipari is never going to leave Kentucky. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't think he's leaving this year, and I think maybe there's only one or two jobs where – he would definitively leave for, and one of those maybe coaching LeBron. Who knows? You know, we talk about that every year. Who knows if that's going to ever happen? But I, I, I I'm very, very certain that he's not leaving after this season or leaving this season. I, the 2015-2016 coach at UK basketball will be John Calipari. I'd be and shocked I feel, if it's otherwise. I, I feel very confident about that. Brun DMC says UK still a better job than New Orleans, and he makes more than he would in New Orleans. 
Uh, NCAA is still a coaches league, where NBA is a player's first league. Hey, if it's player's first, though, that has John Calipari written all over it. <laughs> and, it's, and even though Kentucky maybe the New Orleans is nowhere near the cream of the crop of the NBA like Kentucky is to college, it's still the NBA. I mean, it's still the upper echelon. It's still the... It's still the the Mount Everest of coaching. You still want to be successful. Anybody who's in coaching almost always wants to at least be successful in the NBA because that's where the big boys play, so to speak. Yeah, and, and uh, another 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 angle to this whole thing, Trevor, is uh, potentially maybe John Calipari thought, and realistically, it wouldn't be inaccurate to think this. Maybe he thought after six years of UK, he'd have two titles, three titles, and, and if that's the case. If he's got a few titles under his belt, now he's pretty much accomplished everything he can in college basketball, then maybe he thought a few years ago, four years ago, that, all right, then I'm going to sink my teeth into the NBA, give that a shot, try to potentially be the, one of the most well-rounded coaches since his mentor, Larry Brown, be able to do whatever he wants to do, and, and be thought of as this unbelievable college, or this unbelievable, not just college basketball figure, but basketball figure altogether. And... Unfortunately for UK and UK fans, that hasn't happened. He's just got the one title uh, where, where again, theoretically, he could have two, three, four, or hell, even five, uh, potentially, and he doesn't. So maybe, maybe, he, maybe he still has dreams of the NBA. Maybe he still ideally would like to be uh, what I just said, this, this well-rounded basketball figure that will go into every Hall of Fame imaginable and... Uh, right off into the sunset when he's in his 70s instead of maybe in five or six years when he's in his 60s. Maybe that's still the case, uh, but maybe he's just waiting to win another title at UK. But like we've like we've said, he's I've not said, going to. I'm sorry to admit but I'll say I've said that before. I, I do not. I could not be shocked to be left without winning two. He wants two titles. You don't want to – being the coach of one title, you can – while winning a championship is not an easy task and is a great accomplishment – just having one title, you kind of fall into. You can fall into that group of a, 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 a many coaches who, whose names aren't remembered, that also have one title. He, two titles puts you in that, in that next tier, puts you in that group of more of a special college impact coach, and then you go to the NBA because I think he wants to be successful in the NBA. I think he's still got that bitterness in his mouth from the Nets series, the Nets tenure, and he wants back in the NBA. But he he's not. You're right. Until he gets at least a second ring, maybe a third. I don't think he wants to leave college, he, he, but he does want to go to the NBA. I can I don't know that personally. I never talked to him, but just from I just get that that gut feeling. Well, and, and another thing with one title, along with everything else you mentioned, uh, one title could be the outlier in terms of what kind of coach you were in college basketball. It, like you mentioned, a lot of there are uh, several coaches that have just one title, and you don't want to be in that in that company. Captain Arctic says the excitement in Trevor's voice. When talking about Cal going to the NBA, is undeniable. Almost as good as Scal being deemed ineligible. Uh, some Kentucky fans calling you out, Trevor. Uh, you know, it's the, the ironic thing is, is I the, the one coach I probably maybe the biggest man crush on in history is also Calipari's idol, also, and it's Larry Brown. So it's kind of a weird mix. The coach I love the most maybe is also the uh, protege of the coach I maybe despise the most. Interesting. I'm so it, torn. It's 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 very. It's not easy being bacon, TJ. It's not. It's 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 a tough life. And not to well, not to change the subject, but I am changing the subject before we go to commercial break. Uh, the the show after ours inside the press box. I, I saw yesterday that you and Nick Coffey, the host of that show, had a little contest. We did. We did. Uh, after the show, we drove to a uh, undisclosed uh, location. 
uh, and did a little uh, free throw shooting contest. And you can see the video on 1450 The Sports Buzz Facebook. I might also retweet it out right now while I'm talking. You can watch me look like the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers version of Shaq shooting free throws. So, so what was on the line here in this free throw shooting contest? Uh, I uh, now I have uh, been forced to give up uh, soda and fast food. So you will no longer eat fast food or soda for how long? Uh, at least throughout the summer. Every Friday we're gonna or we're gonna do we're gonna weigh in. We're gonna I'm gonna weigh in on each Friday starting this Friday on location actually. So uh, oh. you'll be there and. Uh, we were worried about maybe getting a scale big enough, but since it's at a car uh, dealership, we think we should be okay for myself. And uh, we're gonna wait. I'm waiting on Friday, and we're gonna see through the summer uh, if bacon become can, can become a turkey bacon, a little healthier version. I I, I like it. I, I would I would have loved to get it into a uh, something that would result in you maybe being healthier. It took, took, we 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 were discussed on what the contest could be, and we settled on free throw shooting because it obviously uh, had the least movement by my part. I bet there's some other contests. Were you okay with? The, are you a pretty good free throw shooter? I saw that you hit two out of five. Uh, I, I should be a lot better than that. My uncle, uh, hopefully he didn't doesn't see the video at mail. Uh, would be would probably come over and smack me and and take a switch to me like Adrian Peterson. We saw I went two of five, but it's been a long time since so I was a little rusty. But you know, I, I usually think I can hit better than that. But on this moment, I I came up uh, short in the clutch. And uh, well, therefore, maybe, uh, probably maybe it's a better thing that I, I choked in the clutch a little bit. Well, it, it, it certainly is. I'm happy that you're going to be you're going to be doing that, and, and and kudos to Nick for for being able to defeat you in this contest. I, I wonder if there's a contest you you and me can do uh, that we can we can up the stakes a little bit. Maybe if I win, you can't eat any fried food during this time. Ooh, ooh, I mean, come on, man! I'm already giving up a couple vices as is. I mean. Let's 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 not like you know tell me to stop oxygen as well. I mean, now now one now once the summer goes long, if I can get a a few uh, you know kids size uh, chunks of fat layered off, I uh, we might, might might do a couple other contests. Maybe I'll see my I'll test my forty time somewhere. Maybe oh. we'll do that. All right. Well, we we can figure something out. I, it, but at I'm, this I'm point, happy. if I do a forty time, we got to do it downhill, and I get to roll. Well, that would be pretty quick. I, yeah. I, I think that could potentially be a pretty good forty time. Uh, but but that's a that was a fun contest. You all should go and, and watch the video and uh, give give Trevor a uh, a nice pat on the back for moving towards potentially a, a healthy lifestyle. But you got to stick to it. All right. I got a case of water this morning. I bought uh, about twenty of those Mio liquids, and I'm, I'm I'm drinking a fruit punch flavored water right now. I gave up. I didn't really for just for New Year's. I decided I was going to stop drinking soft drinks cold turkey and around easter hannah tricked me into drinking <laughs> so i kind of got it's so, always the woman man like adam and eve the woman always is the downfall of the man she was saying it's easter you're allowed to have a coke just go on and have one it's not gonna hurt so then sure enough about the the next week i was having soft drinks back like my old self since then though i've quit cold turkey haven't had a soft drink uh for probably about a month, maybe a little over a month. Yeah, definitely over a month. Uh, and it, it, it feels good, Trevor. It feels good not to have all that sugar in your system. I feel so. more bad for the McDonald's on uh, around the corner from my house. They're going to have to discontinue their Mellow Yellow now because I think I was the only one that, that probably kept it afloat. I'm sure they'll probably notice because every time I've ever seen you, whether it's on location or if I've been in the studio, you've had a nice big 
uh, mellow yellow right next to quick, you. Quick story. This is maybe something to be proud of and a reputation I shouldn't uh, want to get out there, but they call me mellow, the, the mellow yellow guy when I go through that drive through Every one of their employees is usually, of course, kids, and over time they always go, oh, it's the mellow yellow guy. And if I ever get something like food, they would always blow their mind because I usually just got a soda pop. A few weeks ago, I went to Steak and Shake around 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Don't ask why. And as I'm going through the drive-thru, I got a root beer with my drink because they don't make Mellow Yellow. And there at the window, a girl walks up and she goes, hey, you're the Mellow Yellow guy from McDonald's where I used to work. Why aren't you getting Mellow Yellow? You're famous. <laughs> I made My reputation has proceeded past McDonald's and new other fast food restaurants. You're famous. Captain Arctic says he just poured down a second Diet Mountain Dew. Captain Arctic, quit. You can't tell that to somebody that's trying to quit. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, come on. I mean, I didn't even skip to diet drinks. I went straight to the water. I just, I didn't even bother. You know, I don't want to, an alcoholic doesn't go to non-alcoholic O'Doul's. I don't want to drink O'Doul. I want, I want, if I'm going to go soda, I'm going all the way. So if I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit all the way. We need to head to a commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we will be joined by Rob Doster, NBC Sports. If you got any questions for him, tweet them in right now. We're going to talk college basketball, talk a little recruiting. Uh, plenty to talk about maybe the nba too who knows uh, so stick around here on 1450 the sports buzz we will be right back You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. I thought of a new name for um, this hairstyle. Mm-hmm. It's called the Orthodox Jew ponytail. Oh, yeah? Because it's very reserved I at the see front, that. but party in the back. Presented by Alan Electric. We're back here for First buzz, and it is powered by Allen Electric, Kentucky, and his first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. We've got Rob Doster on the phone from NBC Sports. Did that intro, did that sound a bit familiar to you, Rob? Yeah, it was great. Hopefully uh, my boo, Anna Kendrick, is listening right now. Yeah, uh, sources tell me that you were that you waited in line and saw this perfect day early? No, man. I'm a, I'm a VIP here. I didn't have to wait in line for a second. Well, I had to wait in line for the popcorn, but that doesn't really count. You always got to wait in line for the popcorn. But I had tickets for the first Pitch Perfect 2 showing in D.C. a day before it was released because I'm a boss. So you're a, you're a big Pitch Perfect guy. Yeah, it's a great movie. Was the second one better than the first one? No, it was not. The second one was not better. It was funnier. It was a lot funnier. Fat Amy was hilarious. And the uh, the guy that, that, that does the announcing, I can't remember what his name is, um, but he was hilarious, too. Like, I, I laughed in the whole movie. But it was, like, the, the ending was dumb, dude. Like, the, the Bellas, I guess, they did not beat TSM at the end. Like, their performance was not anywhere near as good. Well, so, no, like, the movie no was spoilers, a little bit not Rob. believable. I love how Rob is getting into this movie. It's like they just got robbed at the end. It was so Rob. I'm just gonna I'm gonna call the, the movie company right now. 
Yeah, it was it was like why would you like you put together this whole movie around the fact that like they're gonna be awesome and then they aren't awesome and then the group that is supposed to be bad that was awesome and was better got robbed at the end. Like it, it was ridiculous. I think Although, you're just dropping um, out Jack spoilers Miller's left mom and right. From Sons of Anarchy was in it. She's awesome. Jim Teller was there. So some of my uh, favorite Green Bay Packers were in the movie, correct? <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene. I'm not going to tell you what happens there. You're going to have to go see it or just find it on YouTube because it was really funny. I, I I do have a girlfriend, so I imagine I probably will go see Pitch Perfect. Uh, yeah, Trevor, dude, what, are you, what are you waiting for? Well, we, 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 saw, the Avenger, we saw the Avengers this weekend. I, you know, I judge you a little bit on that. I, 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 I don't <laughs> really like the Avengers. I, I don't really like Pitch Perfect. I've heard nothing but great things about Mad Max, and that's a movie I thought looked horrible. So I don't really know what to think. I'm just kind of excited for the new Jurassic Park. That's what I'm looking out for. Yeah, I think that's going to be good. I feel like everyone thought Mad Max was good because they just expected it to be terrible. And then they went in and they're like, oh, you know, like, I can actually watch this movie all the way through without walking out in the middle. So it's got to be pretty good, right? But it, it, you're right about that. Um, I guess somewhere along the lines, we need to talk a little college basketball today. I'm amazed we all agree on one movie, the new Jurassic Park. We should all just go as a group. And, we, and, we Rob, and Rob can get us in for free because he's the man. He can uh, drop names for us. Yeah. <laughs> we can get in a day early. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to say we'll, we'll pump this out all week on 1450 for Sports Buzz AM. <laughs> in, I don't even know where you guys are. What are you in Indiana, Louisville? And Indiana number comes up when you call. We, I'm in Louisville. The studio is in Southern Indiana, uh, but it, it doesn't matter where we are, Rob. That's that's you know that's neither here nor there. We're everywhere. Wait, uh, wait. Oh, so you you don't even have to be in Trevor's vicinity to be able to work with him? Huh? That's that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that was that was part of my contract. <laughs> Like the last five people that worked with Trevor were gone within like the span of three months. <laughs> I had to make sure that there was a clause where I could I could get away from him. Um, but uh, Trevor lost a bet on another radio show yesterday where he's got a he he has to give up soft drinks and fast food. What do you think about that? <laughs> For what a day? <laughs> <laughs> the whole summer. <laughs> oh man! You think he makes it? I don't think I, he makes it. Trevor, you going to be able to do it? I'm, I'm going to do it, and even in a day was going to be even difficult. Yes, Rob, it was, it's been a, it's been a tough day. I might, I might by the end of the show be a little snappy because I don't have the, the proper sugar in my uh, intake going on. Uh, all right, well, like the the soft drinks, <laughs> what does that count? Is that just sodas? Like, can yeah, you soda, sweet tea. No, not, I, don't, well, I don't drink sweet tea anyway. So I, I do drink unsweet tea normally, but I haven't. Uh, as a moment, it's mostly. Basically just Mountain Dew and Mel Yellow, which I was probably on average with drinking about two 44 ounces of those, if not three a day. What? That's not healthy. That, that's too what? much, Trevor. What? <laughs> you, were, you were drinking 100 ounces of Mountain Dew with that. Yeah, I, I was probably keeping their uh, Midwest region offices open. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, 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 here's the thing. I'm going to lose weight, but like 20 people are going to lose their jobs because of this bet. So I don't know if, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, man. You were drinking 100 ounces of Mountain Dew a day. Oh, oh man. All right, this is a good bet. I'm totally on board for this bet. 
it, it, it's going to be fun to monitor throughout throughout the summer. It'll give us something to talk about uh, with the with how dry the summers can be at times. So I, I look forward to it. Well, uh, well all right. So what what counts as fast food? <laughs> a drive through. There's got to be a drive through. Yeah, as a drive through, it's a fast food to me. That's my definition of fast food. So what will you eat? Get out the car to go. What if like you go to a Taco Bell in the mall, like in the mall's food court? What does that count as? Well, I haven't. I don't go to the mall for for starters, so that won't happen. I don't need to Taco Bell in the malls in Louisville, so DC's got us trumped in that area. Uh, I would. I'm gonna stick to mainly places like uh, I do. I'll probably end up going to some Outback, get some salmon from there, and I'm actually uh, once I get out of work tonight, I'm gonna go by Kroger's and uh, do some shopping for the first time in a while. Get some chicken, wow. get some steaks. Take, cut out a lot of stuff. You gonna know how to cook it, huh? You know, I I can tell you how to cook it, man. I got some really good recipes. Well, you you, you say that, but then don't then answer the phone when I call you later tonight. Yeah, I will, man. I'll give you. I'll, I'll tell you everything you need. <laughs> I was gonna call hey, the people hey, at Outback you know and ask them. Do? Hey, this is what you got to do with the chicken, man. You got to buy six chicken breasts and then cook them all in a slow cooker. That's the key. Well, then what would I eat tomorrow? Yeah, because then you can like you you get the pulled chicken and it's all left over. It's good stuff, man, and it'll last you for like four days. I'm looking and forward you can do to like lunch and dinner. Well, four day, four days to you is like two days to me, right? Isn't that how it works? Man, I eat a lot. You don't like you don't have to worry about me. I put food away. I'm having my second lunch right now, and it's a big ass bowl of pasta. <laughs> oh, that that, uh, that sounds pretty good. I'll, I'll definitely keep you updated on Twitter, Rob, and everything about uh, the weight loss. We're going to weigh in on we, – we start the weight loss on Friday. We're going to weigh me on Friday and see where I weigh, and then we're going to update every what's, Friday. What's the goal? What's the goal? What are we going for? Anything what's less than what I already weigh. You probably – if you take a day off drinking soft drinks and fast food, you probably are going to lose some weight instantly. <laughs> it's like there goes three pounds. You don't even have to get on the treadmill. Unfortunately, three <laughs> pounds is not going to very much dent my uh, exterior at this moment. Yeah, but think about it. You I, do it all summer long. That's like a lot of pounds. I'm not even going to try to do that math in my head. <laughs> I tried to do another bet where he had to give up fried food, but he said that would be too much of a sacrifice. No, nah, you got to you got to start. You got to start small. You got to start with sodas and 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 fast food. That's right. I, I, I'm I'm on board with it. I, anything that makes our our boy Trevor a little bit healthier, I'm all I'm all good for. There's the video of the. Of the free throw contest that he lost, flown around on tri- uh, on Twitter, Rob. You might want to check it out. It's, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> but, um, he, all he has right to do now. is hit three free throws out of five. He makes two of the first three, and then it's just a choke job the rest of the, the way. The last one rimmed out. I mean, it hit every pit of the rim and went out. It was so devastating. It's one of those park rims, too, that are like triple protected so people dunk and don't break them. <laughs> Who tweeted it out? Who tweeted it out? Nick I Coffee. I think I retweeted it earlier too, but it's on Nick's account as well. I think I re- I retweeted it as well. It's out there, but uh, you, you've got to watch it. it. It's it's really it's funny stuff. Um, but <laughs> we we need to we need to talk a little basketball, Rob, uh, before before we let you go, as you've been on already now for for ten or twelve minutes. We haven't talked anything about it. Caleb Swanigan to Purdue. Where would that put the Boilermakers in your preseason top twenty-five? It doesn't. I, I still don't think that they're a top twenty-five team. Uh, really? you know, I don't think that this really changes their their team all that much. I, I think that Swanigan is an upgrade, and I also think that um, they're a little bit more likely to use Swanigan and Hammonds together than they are to use uh, 
Haas and Hamas together, so I think it is an upgrade. But there's still, you know, the issue of having a point guard that played last season as kind of an okay guy at UT Arlington and the issue of not really having any perimeter shooting. You know, they only returned one guy that shot better than 32.6% three last season. And I know they bring in Ryan Kahn, and I know Dakota Mathias is probably going to have a bit of a better year this year than he did last season, but I'm still not convinced that they have the perimeter players necessary to kind of create enough space inside where, you know, A.J. Hammonds and Caleb Swanigan, both of them are guys that do all their damage within, like, eight feet from the rim. And I'm just not convinced that in this day and age you can play with two guys who can't really step out and do anything to space the floor um, and and really be effective. So I, I don't think that they're a top 25 team at this point. Uh, I think they're one of those, like, five teams. For me, they're one of those five teams that are just on the other side. So they're going to be good. You know, I think they're a tournament team. Um, I think they're probably going to be – I think they're – so we – there's those five teams at the top of the Big Ten. It's what Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, and Maryland. And I think that Purdue is the first one, like the best of the rest. I think they're the first team. You know, so in other words, I think they're the sixth best team in the uh, in the conference. Well, an interesting thing is is Purdue is a team that swept Indiana last year. Who a lot of people are picking to win the Big Ten or just behind Maryland to win the Big Ten. They swept Indiana last year, and it and they swept them because of size and, and how much bigger they are. And obviously Indiana's adding Thomas Bryant. So you still like the Hoosiers over Purdue. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know if they'll beat them head to head, so to speak, but I, I think that um, Indiana is a better team and is going to have a better season and will finish above Purdue in the, uh, in the big 10 standings. Um, you know, head to head games are all about matchups. And I think that that matchup is going to be tough for, uh, for Indiana, uh, it's basically going to come down to you got to have Troy Williams guard Caleb Swanigan, and that's a major advantage for um, Purdue. But you know, I, I, I'd be what I'm curious to see is if Matt Payne would be willing to play all three of those big guys at the same time. That's what I want to see. That's the muscle. You will not be able to get a defensive rebound with those three guys on the floor together. And I don't know if he could do it. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if. I mean, they obviously have to play like a, some kind of two-three zone, but it would it would be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Indiana is going to be better than Purdue next season. Swanigan can step out. I, I saw him plenty enough in high school to know that he can knock down fifteen footers. Also, the part of that reason why maybe he was even hanging out around there was because anytime he went into the paint, he'd get triple teamed. So I am curious how how they will play all three of their big men, if you will ever see a lineup where all three of them are on the floor, that would be tough to do because I definitely don't see Swanigan being able to consistently play out the perimeter, but uh, we'll have to keep an eye on it and, and see how that plays. So there was a quick rumor today that John Calipari was going to the Pelicans, and that was instantly called out by Calipari saying that he was not going anywhere. Uh, do you do you see John Calipari coaching Kentucky next season, and do you, do you, do you think he ever eventually makes the jump to the NBA? Um, I would not be surprised if he did go to the NBA if the right situation presented itself. If, you know, let's say David Blatt gets the axe in Cleveland this year, I, I think that if they offered that John, the job to John Calipari, I think he would probably have a tough time saying no. I mean, who who wouldn't want to coach a team that had Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and uh, 
and, and well, theoretically, Kevin Love uh, on the same roster. I just I think that's an opportunity that's too good to pass up. Um, and I certainly think that, you know, I, I believe that John Calipari probably reached out and, and, you know, spoke with New Orleans about the coaching position. I think that when you have the opportunity to coach a guy like Anthony Davis and when you have the relationship that John Calipari does with so many of the NBA's, you know, best players right now, I think that it would be silly if, it, if, if New Orleans and if those two sides at least didn't connect. Does that mean that he had real, actual interest in taking the job? Uh, maybe, maybe not. If they were willing to offer like $9 million a year, give him an eight-year contract, and say you get to coach Anthony Davis for you know the prime of his career, I think that would be a very, very difficult thing for any basketball coach to say no to. But seeing that the reports are that they can only offer like $5 million a year, I think is what it was, and mm-hmm. given what he has built at Kentucky right now, like I, just, I don't think the numbers added up. But I do believe that there were at least conversations between the two sides. And, you know, that doesn't mean that he had any interest in leaving, but it it, it wouldn't make sense to me for him not to at least see what was going on. Does that make sense? It's not like he wanted to leave. It's not like he had any interest in leaving. But when that opportunity presents itself, if you reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in this job, Kentucky sees that, then you can leverage a raise and extension and all that kind of stuff out of it. So that's just the way business works. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's gone. He's been able to get a raise out of Kentucky every year, with the exception of the NIT year. So, uh, if he wants more money from Kentucky, UK is just going to continue to open up its wallet and pay him whatever they want. And, and speaking of Kentucky, last question before we let you go: Jamal Murray currently visiting Kentucky. What would that do for UK's lineup next year if they were able to to land the Canadian? Uh, one of the one of the top players in the class of 2016. If he were to reclassify, and obviously that's what UK wants him to do, he'd be one of the top players also in the class of 2015. I mean, the kid can really, really play. Um, I don't know if he would immediately be better than Isaiah Briscoe, and I think that him and Briscoe are kind of the same player. Um, they're uh, in my mind, they're both bigger combo guards, uh, not really true point guards. Guys that you might classify as a you know a lead guard, I think that they would fit well in a backcourt with Tyler Eulis. Um, so I don't. I mean, you never say no to a kid with Jamal Murray's talent, but I don't think that he's the kind of guy that is absolutely necessary to Kentucky's roster. Like he doesn't fill a hole that they have. Jalen Brown would have filled a hole, you know. Uh, Brandon yeah, Ingram would have filled a hole that they have. I, yeah, well, I, I mean, you never I, say no to him. He's good. I get what you're saying at the three position, but don't. I think Kentucky may need some other scorers for next year. I don't know if you can count on Tyler Ulis to necessarily be able to average ten points a game and Briscoe to be able to do what he did at the high school level at the next at the next level. I think they need some other perimeter scorers. And Jamal Murray is a is a fine outside shooter, and he can like you like you said, he can also put it on the floor and attack the rim. I do think they need another scorer. I mean, yeah, like I said, it never hurts to have that kind of talent, but as they are right now, I think that they are, I'd say, I think I have them fourth right now in the country, maybe fifth, um, and I think that they are a national title contender, and I don't necessarily see Jamal Murray really changing it all that much. And, like I said, I think that Briscoe and um, and Murray are, are similar players in that they both need the ball in their hands to be effective, if that makes sense. I mean, they're not, you know, the thing that made... Uh, like Deron Lamb, great. But he was a guy that can kind of spot up and move around the perimeter 
and didn't have to have the ball in his hands to be an effective player on that team. He just he spotted up, he created space, he let someone else make a play and you know knock down a shot if he was open. Or came off the screen and made a shot when he when he was open. I don't think that Jamal Murray and Isaiah Briscoe are necessarily players like that. I think they're the guys that you need to have the ball in their hands, making plays. And I think that you know with those two and Spall on the same team, you might run into a situation where there aren't enough shots to go around. Um, but you know. That's that's kind of picking nits uh, when it comes down to it. You know, you never like I said, you never say no to a kid like Jamal Murray. But I don't think that, the point I'm making is I don't think that his addition would be as impactful as if they had landed Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I I agree with you there, and, and it's just and like you mentioned with how talented Jamal Murray is, you probably don't say no to him, and and, and you figure out later how it all works out. But it'll be interesting exactly. to see how that plays out and if he decides to even commit to Kentucky, if he decides to even reclassify. So a lot still to be determined. One thing that would be interesting there, I think if Murray does come, I think you're going to see a lot more of the dribble drive. Uh, Cal has kind of gone away from that the last couple of years, but I think with the roster they have, when you look at those three guards, you list Briscoe and Murray, and then you put Scal and, and Marcus Lee up front, I think you would see a lot of dribble drive motion, something that that Calipari has kind of gone away from in recent years. And it'd be just a, a very quick five. They'd be able to get up and down the floor as well as anybody. You wouldn't have maybe a big bruising center to kind of slow down your fast breaks. And uh, it, it would be it would remind us, yeah, like you mentioned, some of maybe some of the older John Calipari offenses that we maybe haven't even seen at Kentucky at all. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But Rob Dosser, NBC Sports, thanks for joining us and 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 wish Trevor luck in his weight loss competition. Oh. Yeah, I also found the page of his video and just realized that his nickname is Bacon. So I'm going to change his name of my phone to Bacon. I'm only going to refer to him as Bacon from now on. So congratulations, Trevor. You got yourself a new nickname. Hey, this time next year, I'm going to be healthy enough to come play you in a little one-on-one and have a chance. <laughs> All right, we'll see, man. We'll see. Well, I'll have to make that happen. Thanks a lot, Rob. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, take care, guys. Rob Doster, NBC Sports. We need to head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll digest everything that Rob had to say. Uh, I, I disagree slightly with the with the notion about Jamal Murray and his fit at Kentucky, but it is it is some interesting points that that Rob Doster brings up. So stick around here on fourteen fifty the Bo- Sports Buzz. We will be back. to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. I don't know if I appreciated that intro, Trevor. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll never play it again. I know, guarantee I will always get to play it again. If you can tell me what movie that is from. You, I, I, I've, I've gone over it before, because I, I've watched the clip, 
And I, I, I have a, I have a guess. I'm. I'll give you three what? guesses. I'll give you. I will, we'll do a little uh, throwback Thursday edition of. No. Okay. I'll give you three guesses, but I won't give you any clues off the first one. I'll give you no, one. Just, just, just tell me. Oh, you're such. A, uh, it's Back to the Future. Okay, I wouldn't have gotten it. I, I watched the because you sent me all the intros and this and that, so I watched them all and. I, that, that, so I watched that one, but I guess I couldn't remember that it was Back to the Future. And I haven't also, I haven't seen Back to the Future. It's, in it's the scene when one. he goes to meet the, his grandparents, I guess, uh, as, as Calvin Klein and the dad saying he's a, he's a strange young man. He's an idiot. Probably upgrade, probably uh, breeding from other idiots in his family. And it's just kind of ah. obviously comical because it's his grandson, obviously. I'll see. Trevor, did you uh, get out and vote today? Uh, I, there was voting today. There, there was voting today. <laughs> uh, I guess that kind of tells you no. I didn't even know there was voting today. I'm not a registered voter, though, so it would have been irrelevant for me to get out. You're not a re- Why aren't you registered? Uh, I don't know. I've just never registered to vote. Interesting. Well, it was the primary. I'm allowed to vote, even though it's, a- it's contrary to believe people think because fe- uh, felons can't vote. I'm not a felon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should you should get registered to vote. It's uh, it's an important right. Uh, it's the it's a big one for for Republicans uh, as you're going to vote for uh, in the primary of who's going to run in the general election for governor in November. Uh, so I got out. I actually went on my run. I ran to where I was supposed to vote, and they thought I had probably just got finished murdering somebody or something. All the looks I got, and uh, in, in those people that work those, I'm sure they probably don't get paid. They're vol- volunteering. And it's very nice of them to do, but I don't know if I've ever seen anybody work there that's under the age of eighty-five. That's <laughs> they uh, they do the uh, voting booths at the uh, right next. I mean, not far from my house at all at the fire station on Westport Road, and uh, I I've never I agree with you. The few times I had gone there when I especially was younger, uh, I always it did seem like I was walking into a senior citizen's home. Uh, and they're the friendliest. They don't give the you nice- hard candy as you leave. They're the nicest people in the world. They're friendly, but I came in all sweaty and gross. And one of the older ladies asked, "What happened to you? Uh, did, <laughs> did you like, stink up the booth, TJ? Come on, I, man!" I was like, "Nothing." I, and there's only four things that I was able to vote for. I'm usually four races that I was able to vote for. Usually, I'm used to having to be there for ten to fifteen minutes, filling out front and back, and this and that. Uh, this one was just short, sweet, to the point. I was in and out. Uh, so that was a uh, a good time. I'm happy I was able to let my voice be heard. I'm 95% sure the person. Nope, I'm 99% sure that the person I voted for isn't going to win. But that's okay. That's you know you you get a vote anyways. So hope everybody got out and, and had a chance to vote. If you didn't, I don't. I'm not sure what time the polls close. Six or seven, I'm sure. So get out there and and go do it while you still have time. We're going to head to another commercial break. We'll come back, one big long segment, talk recruiting, Caleb Swanigan into Purdue, Jamal Murray on UK's campus. We'll talk NBA draft lottery. Where do we want to see Carlstown go? We, we, we spoke about it a little bit yesterday. We'll continue that discussion. So join us after the break here on 1450 The Sports Bus.
the sports talker. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Presented by Allen Electric. Lock it up. We're back here. Sports Buzz, good time to remind you all that Friday's show will be on location. So you all can come out, watch me do my show, make funny faces in the background. Uh, talk to me if, if you have some crazy idea of wanting to do that. I'm not sure why you would. We'll be at Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's 4520 Shelbyville Road. It's right on Shelbyville Road right before uh, if you're heading away from or if you're heading from the Waterson right past St. Matthew's Mall uh, heading towards I guess Trinity High School. Uh, so really in my neighborhood, which is nice for me. I, I know I don't ever have to make a drive at all for the radio show since I do it from home. Uh, but now that I will have to make a drive on Friday, it's a short one. It's, uh, it'll be fun to be able to do the live show. And, and, and Trevor, you'll be there, won't you? I'll be there. Uh, of course, you can hang out and we'll, we'll do my original weigh-in with uh, Nick Coffey in the, uh, inside the press box right after you. And then maybe after that show at 7, since you're right around the corner, maybe uh, after party at TJ's house? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. To get them neighbors upset, get them calling the cops again. Just the one three doors down, Trevor. Just the one that's three doors down. Uh, and we'll have to have a big enough party where they're able to hear us, but I'm sure that won't be hard since they heard us when we only had six people. Speaking of parties, we're having uh, a birthday party for Abe today. He turns one. Okay, happy birthday, Abe. Yeah, so big one-year-old uh, birthday for him. I, I, you know, It really did fly by. He, we, we got him a lot of treats for tonight, and treats don't really do his stomach all that well because he still kind of has a baby stomach, and um, so it, it kind of messes him up. So I imagine the next few days are going to be pretty rough for him. Did you? So are you going to have a party for him? Did you get him a hat? Are you going to sing him happy birthday? Did you? For my dog, uh, of course, I uh, have a weird connection with my dog because I have no other relationships. Uh, I, got, I got him like a, a birthday no cake. No self-pity. <laughs> I, got, I got my dog last year a birthday cake and put a candle in it and... Kind of we did and, get it. We did get Abe a little birth. It's it's more like a cookie cake for dog type of thing. Yeah. It's not like, we got him a little cookie cake for dog type of thing. There is a candle. Uh, we did have a big list of dogs that were going to show for the big dog party, uh, but but a lot of dogs had to cancel. I guess. I guess um, Donovan's invitation got lost in the mail, right? <laughs> I, it must have been. Must yeah. have been the post office. Yeah, damn post uh, office. Uh, but so it, it should be a nice, fun little afternoon for, for old Abe. I've been nice to him. I've, I've stopped yelling at him more than I normally do on a normal day. You so caged him up today in, in any way. Well, I, I hadn't until the radio show and now he is actually currently caged up. Uh, we have people working on the outside of our house or else I would have let him outside, but then he'd be barking the whole show. And then you probably could hear me. Yeah. You could probably hear him yelling in the barking in the background and this and that. So, um, but it's been a. I guess I haven't had Abe for a full year yet because we had the the breeder hold on to him for about a month and a half after he was born. But he's uh, been in this in this world this crazy world for for a year now, and uh, he's he's a he's a fun little dog to have. He's not perfect, but I don't know if I'd want a perfect dog. He's always. I haven't had a chance to meet him yet, but uh, from pictures, he seems like a good dog. And description sounds like a good dog as well. Happy birthday, Abe! If I'd known better, I would have had a birthday song led up for you, but. We only got one song left, and that's, uh, of course, Nappy Roots. 
It is, and and uh, I appreciate you saying happy birthday to him. But I don't think Abe is listening to the show mainly because one, he's a dog, and two, I know. Hold on, don't underestimate the dog. Listen, dogs can do a lot. Have you ever seen Turner and Hooch? That dog, I, that dog was found a criminal. I've not, I've not. But we, but you do have Airbud. Who hey, dogs play basketball? La- you know how many times Lassie saved a guy from falling down the well? For God's sakes. I mean, dogs are don't don't underestimate them. They 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 lead the blind around. I mean, come on, dude. There was the funniest movie review of I think Deadspin had it. The funniest movie review of Airbud that I'd ever seen, uh, and I screenshotted it. But it might have been on my old phone. I would have loved to to read it on the air. I mean, I, I I wouldn't first off be able to get through it reading it on the air because it was just the funniest thing in the world. Um, but uh, you're right, dogs do a lot. Brun DMC says that when he turned a year old. Uh, all his dad did for him was yell at him and tell him to get a job. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I've been yelling that at Abe for a while now, uh, but he he won't budge. He won't he won't get off the couch. So uh, anyway, so I, I need to talk a little bit about what Rob Doster did say about Jamal Murray. I'm a, I'm a bit more optimistic about Murray and and his addition to UK if he decides to one reclassify two commit to Kentucky because there are other options out there. It's, he's not just stuck. He's not just stuck with Kentucky. Uh, but I think that while it would have been Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram, obviously probably would have been, if you had your pick of the litter, those would have been the most important needs. And especially Brandon Ingram, you have Ingram on UK's team. And I mean, that is just an unbelievably good balanced offensive, offensively good team, defensively good all the way around. Jalen Brown also would have been good because he's just a freak athlete, uh, a bulldozer, can get anywhere he wants on the court. But I do think that getting Jamal Murray is more important than UK getting another big guy. And, and that maybe is a surprise to some because UK would be thought to be a bit thin inside. Really, you've got Scalabissier, Marcus Lee, and now you're going to have Alex Poitras play the four. And while that's a little bit thin, it's, it's just the same as... 2012 when UK won the national championship it's it's no thinner than Duke was this past year when they won the national championship in terms of their front court it's a really talented front court you just don't have four or five big guys like UK has had in the past Uh, and UK fans are a bit spoiled in that sense but I do think this UK team is going to need another scorer Uh, I, I think Mulder is going to be able to score from outside I think Charles Matthews is going to be able to contribute as a scorer from uh, from you know game to game obviously Ulis can hit threes he can get in the paint he's a good, he got a great jump shot it's just how often is he going to be able to get it off at his size and Isaiah Briscoe is going to play a very Andrew Harrison type role uh, get to the foul line a lot he'll be able to knock down threes he'll be able to score too and then Scalabissier will do all the scoring for UK inside and and Alex Poitras will be able to to do a little bit inside and also outside but I do think you just need another true scorer a guy that uh, that gets it that that can score in a variety of ways that is a good three-point shooter but can also put it on the floor that can create for himself some of the trouble for UK's team in 2014 despite going to national title during the very up and down regular season was you didn't have enough guys that could create for themselves outside Uh, Andrew Harrison wasn't the same Andrew Harrison that he is now James Young 
didn't really have much success putting it on the floor without turning it over. He was more of a spot-up shooter for most of that season. Yes, you could get it inside to Julius Randle or to Kari Johnson, but it was easy to double or triple team that for opposing defenses. The best teams in college basketball are the ones that have multiple scoring options, especially from the perimeter. And that's what Jamal Murray would give to UK. I, I do think he is maybe not necessarily the missing piece, but if UK were to land Jamal Murray, I would rank them number one to start the season, Trevor. You know, I was all ready to disagree with you because you made the statement they needed a, a guard or a wing player more than a big man. But then when you said the last thing you just said right there, almost, I don't want to say convinced me to agree with you completely, but it did it did lessen my disagreement when you said they need somebody that can create. And that's, I, that's something I just never really kind of thought of, and you pointed out, obviously, the examples, which made it more clear. Now, Ulysses, I guess... Can be someone that can create. Now I don't, and I you've seen. Ulysses can create for others. Yeah, he can and, and create he, for other people. I don't think he can create for himself because he's five foot nine, one hundred and fifty pounds. And I and you've seen Mulder and Matthews play a thousand times more than I have. I've never seen either one of them play. I haven't even watched any clips on either one to be honest with you. I just know what I've read and what you've told me. And what other people that I, I trust in this business have said about them. But we, and and by trusting those opinions, I mean those are three guards. That's why I still think they do need. A big man, another big body, but a wing player wouldn't be the one. The one positive to me, if I was a UK fan, is of adding another wing player. Was it would also allow Poitras to play more the four? And I just, I, I really wish he would get more four time. I know that's maybe not going to be his future in the NBA, and possibly I can, I can understand where Calipari would want to let him play more three in college, even though it's beneficial to him to play the four for them to win, but it's beneficial to him to play the three because it's more like he's going to play in the NBA. And it's, it, I, I give him the nod for that because a lot of coaches won't do that. A lot of them will just say, you know, hey, I want you to play the big man. It's a problem with high school kids all the time. If you're six foot six, a lot of high school teams will stick you on a low post because that's big for high school, yet you're going to play the wing in college more often than not. So I do give him credit for that, but I would love to see Portis more at the four, and the only way that's going to happen is if you do add another wing instead of another big man to this, this, this recruiting class. But, uh, you know... TJ and there's another name I know you tweeted out earlier of a big of, of a big man that's in the class of 2016. I'm sure you'll bring him up, but these are all still 2016 class guys that we don't know if they can even reclassify, let alone even commit to Kentucky. Well, I, I think. I mean, are we putting the, the really, cart way before the horse in this case? And sometimes we 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 potentially could be because it's not official that Jamal Murray is a 2015 player yet. So you you are we are getting a bit ahead of ourselves because it's not official yet now i think jamal murray will reclassify okay. i i i just you know he's so talented he has that option you have to think of it if you're jamal murray is being a year closer to getting a, a nice big paycheck if you're able to do it and, and i think the fact that he is visiting kentucky right now kind of tells you that that's what they want to do. Now, I don't really necessarily know the whole grade thing with Jamal Murray. He also lives in Canada, so there could be some differences. Yeah, they do the metric or, system up there and put mayonnaise on everything, so they're a weird bunch. Regarding regarding academics up there, so I don't really know the deal in terms of how close he is to reclassifying, if it's actually feasible with his grade. But I think that the fact that they're coming to visit right now, they haven't said one way or the other if, if they're going to be 2015 or 2016, I think that tells me that their plan is to reclassify. That If you think he's it, one step closer to being a, getting big bucks, are you telling me that you believe Jamal Murray is a capable one-and-done player? Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Jamal Murray is so good. Okay. I mean, he's, 
it really, if you were for me to rank the 2015 guys, I would probably, you know, I'd probably go Scalabissier number one. Clearly, Jalen Brown maybe two, and we're and we're just talking about talent wise. Maybe Jalen Brown number two. Uh, certainly Ben Simmons number three. And you know, I'd need to see the top 150 right now to know exactly where he'd he'd fit in uh, with with all these guys. I actually have it pulled up right here, and I just didn't know it. Um, well, now they're showing me the 2014 recruiting rankings. Uh, that won't work. So Rivals has Scal number one, Ben Simmons number two, Jalen Brown number three, Brandon Ingram number four, Czech Diallo number five. I would take Jamal Murray over Czech Diallo if I was building a college team. I would take Jamal Murray over Diamond Stone, would, certainly over Diamond Stone, who's number six, certainly over Ivan Rabb, who's number seven. Malik Newman would be tough for me. Uh, because Malik Newman's such a good scorer. Jamal Murray isn't as good as a scorer, but I think he's a better overall, well-rounded player. I I really like Jamal Murray's game, and I'm I'm really really high on him. What's he ranked what, currently in the 2016 class? And well, let's let's pull that up. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> let's let's find out. And this is a guy that kind of blew up. Not a lot of people knew about him, and that happens yeah. with a lot of Canadians. You don't really. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, you talked about Michael Mulder, who he said coming out of college, uh, coming out of high school, nobody really knew about him. Uh, he he could have played at some really small schools, and and Mulder likely was also probably just a, a late bloomer in a sense and needed to get his body right. Uh, but playing up in Canada, you don't get the same exposure. Certainly not if if you don't play on the AAU circuit. Uh, Jamal Murray has. But still, you, you you still don't get the same type. He was 15 in 2016, but that hasn't been updated. Uh, well, I guess it, it was updated a few a few weeks ago, um, about a month ago. So he, he's certainly better than the 15th player in the class of 2016, and I, I really I really would put him in top 10 in 2015. And maybe better than uh, Briscoe. Maybe I, I I would if I had to pick one of the two players, I would take him. Here's the thing is people would go watch Thon Maker's games, and, and Thon Maker has been this prodigy for years yeah. now. Everybody's been talking about Thon Maker and, and this and that. You'd go watch his games over the past year, and you'd come away being much more impressed with Jamal Murray. And you'd say, who is this kid? I, I came to watch Thon Maker, and I'm left wondering who this guy is. Why isn't so-and-so recruiting him? Uh, why isn't he ranked higher? He was just so good. And he talks trash on the court. Uh, he, he dunks a lot of stuff. He's just a fun player to watch. He's an exciting player to watch. And, and, and Rob Doster said that he's a guy that has to have the ball in his hands. He, he, a lot of times you'll watch him play. He does have the ball in his hands, but I don't think he, I, I don't think he's the type of player that does because a lot of times they would throw it in to Thon Maker and then they would throw it back out to him on the perimeter and, and then he would penetrate or then he'd do what he had to do whenever Thon Maker would get double teamed, then he'd get the ball which theoretically is like him playing off the ball in a sense, you know, just because he was the guy that fed Maker in the in, in the in the post. As long as he gets it back, that's that's genuinely like him playing off the ball. I don't think he has to play with the ball in his hands. I think you could run a a Uless, Briscoe, Jamal Murray lineup, and it would be very skilled, a great passing lineup. Uh, he, to me, would. Very much enhance UK's chances of winning a title in 2016. I'll tell you what, I, quick question and two two part question. One, are we getting to the point where maybe as Americans we should start being worried that Canada might give us a run for our money in the in an, an, an upcoming Olympic game of basketball? And two, 
If you add Mulder from Canada, you add Murray from Canada, and you even get Miker on this UK team in Canada, do the new UK shirts next year say Go UKA? <laughs> I doubt Thon Maker ends up in Kentucky, but uh, you, you'd have to pay some homage to your to your uh, brother up north. Jamal McClure's getting a little nervous. He he thought he was the the uh, the only the greatest Canadian UK player ever. He might get a challenge for his money here soon. Yeah, you might. You might at Kentucky really uh, isn't was Shrey Thomas from Canada? Uh, yeah, I think he was actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was as well. Uh, was let's see, there's another one. I, I think. mean, Wiggins and Bennett have really started to open the eyes to the Canadian recruiting for more than anything. But I mean, you can go back. I mean, before them, it was it was Steve Nash and then Canada. Let's let's see. Uh, what other Canadian players were there in UK history? Uh, Bernard Cote. Does that? Yeah, that's. Who, I thought Bernard Cote was. As I, well. I'll give a hat tip to Nick Coffee on that one. That was his coming in here and giving me that uh, update. I didn't even. I don't even remember that guy to be honest with you. I had asked. I, I had. He had to tell me the name twice because I didn't even understand what the name was. He was on, I think, the 2003 UK team. Uh, it, so. So there you go. So Kentucky has had some some famous. You think, you think Calipari uses Degrassi on his recruiting trips? Probably he probably gets them talking to Drake, and up there Drake yeah, is right. is bigger than Barack Obama in America. So, uh, you know, you, you get the Canadian, basically the Canadian president, to talk to talk to you, then uh, that'd be huge. But I do <laughs> I think, think it's the prime Murray, minister, isn't it? Actually, no, I know. I'm I was I was kidding. Okay, I was just making sure. I, was, I actually wasn't sure. I was just checking. Uh, it's been it was a joke, Trevor. Okay, uh, but. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamal McGlure. Um, yeah, we mentioned. You did mention him. Uh, Captain Arctic tweets in. He also says that Jamal Murray equals Andrew Liggins light. Different players. Uh, I wouldn't really compare Jamal Murray to Andrew Wiggins. I'd compare him to a better passing, better passing Brandon Knight type of player, though. Maybe a bit more athletic, too. Well, you compared uh, Malik Newman to Brandon Knight as well. I'm comparing everybody to Brandon. Well, Brandon Knight. Knight is like the he's the, the template of all six four cigars between six two and six four. But the way that the way that Malik Newman was also more athletic than Brandon Knight. Uh, but you know, I, I try to make my comparisons, bring them into UK, the UK world, the UK realm, so people can better understand. Um, but I, 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 he's a he's a good scorer. He's a solid outside shooter, and. He also can pass really well, and he's unselfish uh, and a solid defender. So let's say UK's chances of winning the national title next year, Trevor, what, 12%? Uh, I would think probably higher than that because there's more question marks regarding – I mean, is there – I mean, right now, who, who's the number one – even the number one team doesn't make me shiver in my boots like even Kentucky did going into last year, even though Kentucky didn't win the national title. It was probably, I mean, they were looked like to be a step ahead of even the second-tier teams, which was Wisconsin and Duke. I mean, right, so well, there was well, a gap, I still think, between them. This year, I don't see that gap between at the top. I mean, it seems like there's not as much a gap between the two and three and as there is maybe the 15 and 20. I, I, I agree with you there. I'm just I'm trying to figure out a number. I, it probably wouldn't be more than 20% to start the year. But for argument's sake, let's say 15%. 15% okay. chance heading into next year, UK walks away – the, the season cutting down the Nets, bringing home the ninth national championship. With Jamal Murray, I think it raises it three or four percentage points. 
I, I think you get right, you, you get close. I, I think that's how big of a change and how drastic uh, of a of an addition he could be to UK's team and how much it could help Kentucky's title chances. Again, I, I do think you need another guy that can create for himself, for himself. You've got Ulysses that can create for other people. You've got Isaiah Briscoe that can create for himself. I think you need one more. Then it makes a team really hard to guard. It makes you a team really hard to zone. It makes UK's backcourt very deep. You have a lot of different options. You've got a great three-point shooter, Michael Mulder. takes pressure off him. Uh, it, it would take pressure off Charles Matthews to be able to kind of grow into his own game and figure things out, not necessarily on the go, which I think would be good for him and his development. It'd be big for, for UK to land Jamal Murray. We'll see how that all plays out. Missing Caleb Swan again, uh, that's that's – you would have liked to add some depth to the front court for Kentucky. He's the best rebounder in high school basketball. It'll make Purdue's front line really fun to watch. But this is what I, I think about that is if he wasn't going to go to Kentucky, he might as well go to Purdue. Uh, if you if you get him at Cal, that makes them, without a doubt, a top-10 team, maybe a top-5 team, uh, a, a potential real national title contender. He goes to Michigan State, makes him a very, very talented team. Uh, going to Purdue – it might make Purdue, uh, at best, maybe a five seed or something along those lines. I don't know. We just got to wonder who's going to get them the ball, though. That's the problem. It doesn't make them. It doesn't make them a title contender. So that, I think that's important to Kentucky, and it kind of goes with what we've been saying throughout this weird, weird 2015 recruiting class. That it, the 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 wealth has been spread out. No team is really stacked up in the recruiting ranks. And that's good news for UK. It's good news for UNC. It's really good news for everybody as it's going to be a very balanced year of college basketball, I believe. Um, what else did we not get to today, Trevor? Uh, you didn't mention the name I saw you tweet out earlier, Jared Allen. Wait. Oh, uh, the, rec- the recruiting stuff? Yeah, the recruit. Oh. big guy that I, I had to look him up because I didn't know who he was, and now I looked him up. Did I waste my time looking up? This guy and looking up information on him? Oh, well, I mean, UK just sent him an offer for 2016, which I, I guess that brings to uh, brings us to a, an interesting point. Oh, that, he's not a reclassified kid? No, no, he's no, he's just 2016. I guess I assume that, and then it's probably not a bad assumption, though, with today's age, but I assumed he was possibly a re- When I saw he listed his class of 2016, I thought he was a, a possible reclassify. No, UK has sent out a ton of offers for 2016. John Calipari's changing things up a little bit this year. Uh, usually he doesn't cast a, a wide net at this time of the year. He, he wants to get a read on some of his top targets. If he misses on some of those guys, then he will start to go to plan B's. Uh, right now he's he's throwing out offers to plan A's and plan B's, and maybe he's telling those recruits, hey, guys, I'm not going to be left in the dark again. So if you want to commit, go ahead. If you don't, you might miss out on your spot if you want to wait longer because I'm offering anybody I think is talented, anybody that I think could ultimately play at UK. Definitely a different approach. Uh, and Jared Allen was a guy that they offered today, a center from Texas, uh, who I would probably guess stays at home and plays at Texas if I had to guess right now. We'll have to wait and see. It's nice to Dr- Kyle Perry not to leave this predecessor uh, empty-handed when he bounces the NBA after next season. Yeah, you wish. Uh, NBA draft lottery tonight, big day. I can't even imagine if you were Carl Anthony Towns or Julia Lokerfor or or somebody that you, somebody that knew they were going to be picked in the top three or top four. Uh, with, with how tonight goes, it's it's the complete opposite of a college recruitment where you got to call the shots. Now, uh, ping pong balls are going to decide where you're going to your whole NBA future and how it's going to be molded. Let's play it one more time, Trevor. Give me some music. 
as in you making a little noise. <laughs> All right. This is the official draft lottery for the for the sports talker. Oh, man. I bet the Knicks won again, didn't they? I wish yeah. they did. Timberwolves won. Uh, don't, don't worry, New York fans. You're going to win it later on tonight. Trust me. I'm going to write this down, and we're going to see how it does. Minnesota won. Los Angeles, two. Ooh. They moved up. Char- Charlotte, number three. Now, New that's York. a big one. They moved up from nine to three. Charlotte, three. New York, four. Philly, five. So, uh, interesting. Interesting how that all played out. Carl Anthony Towns goes to the Timberwolves in that scenario. Willie Cauley Stein goes to a, the Kings. You have an all Sacram- you have an all UK front court in Sacramento. I don't think they'd take him. Uh, Miles Turner goes to the Pacers. If you can believe that, oh, I'm, I'm I'm blown away by that. No, Trey Lyles I think they're already to- selling his jersey on their on their team shop. Trey Lyles <laughs> goes to Utah like he he did yesterday. Devin Booker goes to the Suns. Uh, at number 13, four UK guys in the lottery. Make sure you check that out tonight. It's going to be fun to watch to see because, again, UK former UK players, their futures will be shaped by where the balls bounce tonight. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Rob Doster to come for coming on. Uh, Trevor, as always, a pleasure. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, so join us then. Remember, Friday we'll be out at Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram at 4520 Shelbyville Road. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, 1450 The Sports Buzz. People always trying to tell me how to run my life when they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm going right home.